You're a nigga though. I like your style, son. Thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics from music, politics, relationships, to issues that affect our black community. A very entertaining podcast. You won't be disappointed. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast. A podcast where the discussion will rock your soul. It's uncensored and no topic is off limits. Subject matters may be provocative and just downright offensive, but shit, at the end of the day, hey, we're just going to tell it like it is. I'm only slick, just the man. God gave me a gift to do the best that I can. Ma say, I can't make an episode better than my last. Took it in consideration, sat back and laughed. <laughs> Guess I gotta go harder. Thanks for listening, but this ain't the Carter. <laughs> Family, what's good? I'm your host for the Soul for Thoughts Experience, Slick P. And you're listening to episode 26. How everybody doing out there in this game of Jumanji? <laughs> Man, Kobe died. We got hit with the coronavirus. We had killer hornets, rats eating people, the whole world rising for black lives, NASCAR bending the Confederate flag. Sheesh. Jesus, just take the wheel. Man, somebody roll a double so we can end this mess. <laughs> George Floyd's situation has brought America's flaws to the forefront again. It has made America look at itself in the mirror and take accountability for its actions. Of course, there are some who refuse to give up their bigotry and hateful ways. They still believe that they are superior over all. You have some that try to hide their true feelings, their guilt, by trying to change the narrative of things and shed light on something that has nothing to do with our protest. For instance, Last week, Drew Brees was asked a question about do he feel like there will be more protesting and kneeling at the anthem this coming season by the players? He made a comment basically saying he don't agree or support anyone disrespecting our nation's flag. Now, a lot of celebrities like LeBron weighed in on his comments and said, y'all still don't get it. It's never been about the flag. It's about injustice and police brutality. My thing is, oh, they get it. They definitely get it. It's not hard to get or understand. There have been many statements made discussing the reasons behind the kneeling during the national anthem. It was made clear on several occasions, so I don't want to hear they still don't get it. They get it. 
but they just don't want to accept or take accountability for all the evils that the ancestors have done towards Africans. Then you have the ones who saying they say something racial, then goes back on what they said or apologize after receiving backlash. Myself, I prefer an open racist. Say how you feel. Stand on that shit. I can respect that more than I can respect someone that hides it. Apologizing just to save face. And someone was being wanting and looking for those apologies. Man, fuck those apologies. They can keep those fake ass sentiments. I see a lot of these big corporations are also on on board with this new sweep of Black Lives Matter. They coming out with statements, donating money, implementing new policies. Now, I'm not saying all these companies aren't sincere with their actions, but a lot of these companies are doing it to keep the black dollar rolling in. They know the power of the black dollar. So, don't be fooled by these companies showing support. Understand, it's all about marketing, propaganda. I have a saying, I say when something don't make sense, or someone is easily fooled or manipulated. Don't be stupid. <laughs> it's not to insult anyone. It's said in a joking manner. So, if you ever hear me say it or see me post it, don't be offended. It's all in good humor. Not only do we have to be mindful and watchful of the support we receive, but we also can't forget the reason we are protesting when we are here at these rallies. I seen people out there twerking, doing the electric slide, doing the chicken noodle soup with the soda on the side. <laughs> I haven't seen a video of two grown ass men at a protest dance battling each other. Like, what in the America has talent is going on? I understand we like to have fun, like to have a good time. And I know we are people who can find a silver lining in the darkest times. But at what point do we stop entertaining them and start being serious about our fight? Our fight against racism. Our fight against injustice. Our fight against police brutality. Our fight against oppression. They're not going to take us serious if we don't take it serious ourselves. It's a time and place for everything. A political protest is not the time or place for dancing and clowning. There was a protest in my city recently against a local restaurant. The owner of the establishment went on social media writing a bunch of racial posts. A lot of people took offense and decided to balk out his business. And that was successful to some degree. They stopped the man from making profit for one full day. And anybody who knows business knows just how critical that can be. Even though the next day his supporters came out in crowds to show their support, and he probably made the money back he lost the previous day back in some, 
But we did our part, and we have to continue to do our part by not spending money with these companies who continue to disrespect us. But the part of the protest I didn't care for was the dancing and the clowning. One thing that stood out like a sore thorn as I'm watching these protests around the country, the one in my city, was the fact that we are not organized. We lack structure. People just out here doing whatever and forgetting the purpose of it all. You have the clout chasers, the ones out there just to go live and take pics. But we don't have that militant presence at these protests. The men and women that are armed and organized and ready for whatever. You see at these other rallies, men are in fatigue, got assault rifles, bulletproof vests. They are showing some type of strength. We have to get organized and trained in the military style as well. Myself and a group of brothers are trying to establish a type of community guard in my area. If you are someone or know someone willing to train a group of men and women in tactical skills, gun handling and shooting, and know the laws, please contact me ASAP. I always leave my information at the end of each episode. Please contact me. Your skills is definitely needed and wanted. Another thing we have to stop doing is pushing the ops narrative for them. I see too often from black people speaking on black on black crime. Black on black crime don't exist. You never hear about white on white crime, Asian on Asian crime, Mexican on Mexican crime. Black on black crime is used by the media to push the narrative that we are criminals, uncivilized, and people shouldn't worry about our lives because we're not worried about our own lives. It's also used to derail people from the real issues of injustice. And a lot of us have bought into that bullshit and we continue to spread the lie. It all has to deal with proximity. Of course, crime with blacks will be higher in areas where the population of blacks are higher. And that's the same for any group of people. Yes, we do need to address the killings and the crime that goes on in our own community, but we can't let that derail us from the real issue at hand. Let's address the ones who have sworn to serve and protect us first, then move on to something else. Tackle the issue at hand. Don't be distracted. That's what they want. They want you to start talking about black on black crime so it can take the issue off police brutality, the injustice going on. And some people might say, oh, I can multitask. Man, this shit ain't the same. This is not the same. This is not the same multitasking like you can walk and talk, walk and shoot gum or some other bullshit. This is some, some real issues that need our full attention. So we can't be distracted by other things. It's not one out, then we go to the next. 
addressed this a little on the last episode. But when people are saying let's go to war, they aren't necessarily saying a civil or political war. If we're being oppressed systematically, then going to war can mean voting the right candidates into office, putting ourselves in better financial situations, building up our communities to have protection against outsiders. So stop getting all bent out of shape because someone says let's go to war or they're ready for war. You don't know what they mean unless you ask. But if they are talking about a real war, then let them do what they do, baby. Like Rico told Ace on paying them for. What's the point of having soldiers if you don't use them, B? <laughs> the last point I would like to make before getting into today's topic is stop judging people off their past actions. Stop judging people off their past actions. I've seen people saying negative things towards Jordan donating $100 million to the cause. People were saying, oh, he owned private prisons. He never been vocal in the community when it came to injustice and everything else. But whether he stayed silent before or owned prisons before, he is donating money towards a good cause now. We can't change the past, so we should commend him or anyone else on their efforts now. Then I seen the comment where someone said, how much money we pay for those joins, he should have donated more. The person who come in must, must be a billionaire or donated a half a billion dollars themselves. It's always the people not doing anything at all that has so much to say about what somebody else is doing or not doing. It don't make sense. Just do your part and everything will take care of itself. A hundred million is a lot of money for any one person, regardless of the amount of money they may have. So, Stop trying to find negativity in someone's actions and start congratulating and saluting people for their efforts. Today's topic is about what is next after the protesting. How do we move forward? Right now, we have people's attention. The riots and protests gave us a buzz, so now is our opportunity to capitalize off that attention. Like I mentioned last week, voting is critical in us moving forward. No, we shouldn't rely primarily on voting but it's definitely a stepping stone towards change. We must unify, decide what we want, and vote as a unit. We must be on one accord. We just had a local election in my city, and the turnout was terrible. We can't say we won't change and refuse to put in the work. 
a lot of people didn't vote and some of the ones that did vote voted for a candidate they knew nothing about. They just voted for someone just because they wanted the incumbent to fail. And the incumbent still won. So like I said, we have to decide what we want, how we want to vote, and vote as a unit. One band, one sound. <laughs> but not only that, we need good candidates to come forward to run. Voting for the lesser of the two evils is not effective. We need good candidates that we can stand behind and support. There's a black woman I know that I went to high school with. She's very intelligent, well-educated, experienced, understands our plight, and is willing to work towards change. She will be an excellent candidate in my opinion. She said she ran for office once before, but didn't have the support that she needed. So when we get people like that in position to run, we have to support them. The only way we can make a change through their system is putting in good qualified candidates in position to change or make the laws. Another thing we have to do is something I've been preaching on here since the beginning, and that's becoming financial literate. We have to start practicing group economics. Every other race practices group economics in some form, but not us. Group economics is a group of people having a common economic interest. A group that will work together to pursue the interest to create and sustain an economy for themselves. We would call each other about going out of town, going to the club, or anything that involves spending money but we don't call each other about investments or about making some legal money. Those are the conversations we need to have. Then we need to act on those ideas. Or we want to compete against each other instead of helping each other. You can accomplish more with a group than you can by yourself. Instead of waiting on a savior, or someone to get in our office to make things better for us, we need to take our future in our own hands and invest in ourselves. And that is becoming financial free. Getting to the point where we don't need them, they need us. We can do that through group economics. One part of group economics is creating a product or service. Creating our own businesses. A lot of the things we need and buy, we don't even own a business in, and if we do, it's not too many. For example, I seen an article where it said the beauty supply industry accounts for $15 billion a year. Black people account for 96% of the revenue generated in this industry, which means that over $14 billion in this industry is controlled by blacks. But guess what? Guess how much percentage we own in this industry? We own less than 3%. That is insane. You mean to tell me 
we can't put some of that fourteen billion into creating our own beauty stores and shop with our own people. I know y'all ain't telling me that. Ain't no way. That's why it's important to create a product and sell it in our own community. If you don't have a product, but you have a skill, then offer your skill as a service. Think outside the box. Get creative. It's money out here just waiting for somebody to get it. Why not us? Once again, this is a two-part solution. Once we create these products and offer these services, then we have to go out and support these people. We have to support our own. The ultimate benefit of black group economics is to strengthen the local black economy by ensuring that the money is cycling through the community at least 10 times. While we're creating products and services, we must start by buying land and property. That's the importance of working together. You are able to buy a lot more, a lot more commercial properties, rental properties, land. We have to start taking ownership more serious. For example, if there's a group of people and each member gets a property in their name, then you all can eat real good. Less overhead for everyone and you just increase your profit as well by buying more property. Everybody split expenses and profits. Look at Nip. He bought some property in his neighborhood, created a product to sell, which was marathon clothing, and then hired people in his community to run the jobs. So not only should we create products and services and buy property, we also have to employ people from our community. We keeping that black dollar circulating. Clyde Anderson has a book called Power Numbers, The National Plan to Empower Black America. This book is great and it talks about all of us. Another thing is we have to market these black businesses better. A lot of times these black businesses can't thrive it's because no one is supporting them. And no one is supporting them because we don't know they exist. So it's important that we market them. It could be you sharing a post, word of mouth, or actually going to show support monetary and writing a good review. Location is important as well. We were creating these wonderful new businesses. We have to be mindful of the location and as will it be accessible to everybody. Many people skip through commercials on TV and radio, so a good way to market your business through social media. Get loud, get boisterous, and let the world know about your black business. Creating black banks and banking with them is also a part of group economics. Putting money into these banks that will eventually help loan and fund many projects in our community. A lot of times, the same banks that we go to now, the same banks we trust with our money and savings are the same banks that would deny us a business loan or maybe even a personal loan. There's this system a group of Mexicans was doing at work. 
they created a system where a group of them put money into a pool every pay period. And if someone need a bill paid or need help financially, they would give them a pool instead of them having to go to a bank or cash advance for a loan. They take care of their own. If nobody need the pool, then one person is selected and the money goes to them and the soccer continues to everybody has a chance to receive the pool. The soccer never stops. It goes on and on. That's another way of self-preservation. I thought that was a dope system. You helping people in your group out financially with loans so they don't have to go to these banks and cash advances. They're going to charge some interest to pay more money. And that's dope. Creating black schools is another part of group economics. If we don't like what these schools are teaching our kids, then we should invest in our own schools and teach them the tools they would need in life. How to balance a checkbook or account. Learn about credit and how money works. Teach them their real history. Start putting self-worth back into our youth. Teach them how to create and run a business. We can't invest in our future without investing in our youth. Before ending this segment, I want to say one thing. It has nothing to do with today's topic. Well, maybe it does. But... We have to stop normalizing trauma. I've been seeing some disturbing things happening in our community and we need to address these issues. We have a responsibility to these kids, to love them, to care for them, to speak life into them, to nurture them, to put them in a position to better themselves or be better than ourselves. It's not to hurt or abuse them. We shouldn't take advantage of our youth. If a child is being mistreated, especially sexually, then that predator needs to be dealt with accordingly, regardless who they are. And if you sit back and let that shit slide and condone it or sweep it under the rug, then you just as sick as them. It's time to heal and shed light on these situations. No more keeping quiet to save someone's um, reputation or image. Fuck their image. These innocent kids mean so much more and deserve justice. Sorry for that little rant, but it's something that I need to get off my chest. So let's do better. It's that time, time for the album of the week. This week's album of the week is from Freddie Gibbs and his latest project, Alfredo. This album was released a few weeks ago, but it's still in heavy rotation. Gangsta Gibbs winked up with Alchemist for this project, and I tell you, they created a classic, a real masterpiece. I've already dubbed the album of the year. Gilb has a real good ear for beats, and this album definitely showcases that again. It helped to have one of the best producers in the game producing it for you as well. <laughs> if you had listened to any of Gilb's work, then you know just how sharp he is with his bars. Very creative and witty with his wordplay with a mixture of comedy. 
It's a very entertaining album. He also has features from Rick Ross, Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, and Tyler the Creator. If you ever listen to this album, then you're missing out. Go get it. Listen to it, stream it, whatever. Please check it out. It's time to wrap things up. Thank you for taking time to listen to me and these soulful thoughts. I really appreciate it. As always, I've enjoyed it and I hope you did as well. It's always for the community. It's always for us. We all we got. Don't forget to download, subscribe, and share Soulful Thoughts Podcast. Remember to download each episode by tapping the arrow, the box, half cloud, or whatever. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sofa Thoughts Podcast. And until next time, keep those thoughts soulful. Love.